Welcome to the Crescent Podcast. I'm Leanne. This podcast is an extension of my personal philosophy and commitment to continual growth in all areas of life. I firmly believe that optimal health comes from addressing all areas of us as human beings, physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual health. Through expert interviews, I hope to both inspire and enable you to create sustained change in your own life. Thank you so much for tuning in and enjoy. Well, welcome back everyone to the Crescent Podcast. A few housekeeping before we get into today's episode with Alana Keneally talking all about diet culture, nutrition, her nutritional habits, etc. First, I just want to say it was so fun getting to see and meet some of the new faces at the Female Maker pop-up just two weeks ago and also seeing some familiar faces show up to support. It really means so much to the people who come just to see my booth and my products. It is the best feeling in the world. But then, of course, all the new faces who get introduced to my products And this pop-up in particular was so special because I was launching our new line of flower essence products, which are the flower essence bath soaks and then the pre-blended flower remedies. So I will make sure to link to those down below. You guys absolutely loved the bath salts for sure. And then so many of you were also grabbing some of the flower remedies too, especially with the holidays coming up. I'm so excited First of all, to be able to gift these amazing emotional wellness gifts to friends and family, but I think it's also going to be wonderful, a wonderful resource for you guys as well. And for any who are not local or even the local ones, those products are all available online for purchase now. So they will be linked in the show notes if you want to check them out, maybe just learn a little bit more. So with that, I do want to announce that I do have another pop-up event coming up November 10th. And this is going to be a fun one because it's an evening event. It's during the week, but it's 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. I'll make sure all the details are in the show notes. And it is celebrating Facial Lounge's 21st birthday, which is a company, a local facial organic, vegan, non-toxic facial company here in Orange County, very near and dear to my heart. Amber is a longtime friend of mine. I actually used to work for Facial Lounge doing a lot of their marketing and graphic design. And so I'm so excited to be there to be able to support her and Facial Lounge, but then also, of course, have a table with the bath soaks and the flower remedies as well. This is a ticketed event, however, so I will leave a link in the show notes for anyone who is local and wants to grab a ticket. They're only $21, so this is not like it's going to break the bank, but you are going to get a free goodie bag with your ticket, and then there's going to be free food, maybe a little bit of free alcohol, and then, of course, over 21 different local businesses that you can shop all their goodies from. So it is going to be such a fun time. If you guys know Facial Lounge, if you know Amber, she loves a good party, and that is exactly what this is going to be. So now... Pivoting into today's episode with Alana Keneally, if I haven't said it before, I love interviewing her. I feel like she's one of the few people that I can have, we can just have such a good back and forth banter on all these different topics. But of course, I always want to preface these interviews by saying that 
neither of us is sharing this information as medical advice. We're not sharing this information from the position of experts. We are purely sharing our personal experiences, uh, the information that we have come across through our own research. But we always encourage you consult with whoever your practitioner is if you're looking to make some changes. And of course, do your own research as well. So there's a couple of books that are brought up in this interview with Alana as well as some other resources so I'll make sure of course as always that those are linked in the show notes as well so with that please enjoy this interview with Alana well welcome back Alana to the A Crescent podcast hello good to be here <laughs> so we've had this is now your third time on the show no second a second time okay so i i interviewed you for the be perfectly healthy <laughs> yeah yeah. so yeah. we've covered beauty mm-hmm. we've covered what did we cover hormones the second one? Like, oh food oh um hormonal birth control mm-hmm. was the second one and today we're pivoting into food and, and diet diet culture a little bit our experiences or, women yeah the different ways of eating and different right. ways of eating mm-hmm. and really like I think especially I'm so excited to hear your perspective on this because you're a little bit of an experimenter and you try mm-hmm. all these different things. But I love how deep you go into mm-hmm. the science of it all and also how nutrition really should be so bio-individual. And so that's mm-hmm. what I'm excited to get into. Yeah, it's been like passion over many years of researching different ways of eating. Um, and so I can, and, but the thing is, is people are so confused now because eggs are bad, eggs are good and meat's bad, meat's good, vegetables are bad, vegetables are good. And so like the greatest disservice we've done is making f- eating confusing. Mm-hmm. So I hope I can share some like clarify, like what's the difference between different, different eating, why do they use medical intervention use versus is there any other use for them? And we'll kind of go from there, I guess. Yeah. Well, and I think too, what's interesting about your history specifically is just that your mom was a doctor. And so I think you were maybe unlike most people were raised with a certain outlook on food. Can you touch on that a little bit? Like what as a kid was the yeah. conversations around food? What were you eating? Yeah, we ate like what you would like very whole food based, you know, like nothing, nothing processed, nothing like no goldfish ever. We <laughs> drank a lot of raw milk. We ate a lot of like bison, like kind of, you know, elk meats like kind of exotic like you know not just like chicken um but like bison meatballs and then also vegetables too like seasonal vegetables but um I definitely rebelled and ate as much of like gushers as I could find which I regret (laughs) but I know we've both shared that you know it's your formative years and you wish you could you knew the importance of nourishing your body even then but you know you're a kid you're doing whatever you want yeah okay so what I'm curious about though is Right, you're you're grown up with a certain environment, especially mm-hmm. as a kid, you're kind of eat what's given to you at mm-hmm. home. When you went off to college, did you find that you had a little bit of a period of, well, let me just see what this other food is like, and then a bit of a fallout because of it? Or what was it like when you were finally on your own, like, I'm going to make decisions for myself now? Um, I had like I had a good, you know, basis of nutrition. So I was always like kind of very ketogenic style just right off the bat. Um, but I was in college. So I wasn't eating high quality food. And then it wasn't until after college I got really interested in nutrition when I was working at a tech company and I um 
was eating a lot of salad and I had like terrible gut dysbiosis. And that's when I started realizing that like a lot of the just things we're told all the time may or not be true. And like, that's the crazy part is that like none of this is set in stone. None of this is fact. Like it's a lens that you have through growing up and through the research you learn. But like, no, if you know, I see on TikTok sometimes like we're going to debunk that canola oil is actually not that bad. And it's like, you're not debunking, you're just sharing different research that you're just sharing a different lens because it cannot be proven that canola oil is bad. But based off of my experience, this is why I'm thinking it's bad. So yeah, I think um, there's a lot of, you know, just confusing, you know, things out there and you kind of have to find what resonates, what makes sense and what makes you feel good at the end of the day and keep challenging your ideas, like be flexible, like not dogmatic. Like I've gone through periods where I'm like, I'm very, you know, attached to this kind of thinking. And then, you know, life has a way of humbling you and being like, oh, oh, right. We don't have everything figured out. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I think especially with nutrition, it's become, like it is one of the biggest topics that magazines and marketing mm-hmm. companies like mm-hmm. allure us in with something new and exciting. Mm-hmm. But also we tend to be a very black and white culture in the sense that mm-hmm. this is this is right, this is wrong. Mm-hmm. This is the best diet. This is the worst diet. And I think especially when you come from a more integrative functional medicine approach, you really just start to see there is no one size fits all mm-hmm. about treatment plans, about nutrition, about supplementation. And when we start to look at it from that perspective of actually right now, this is what's best for me, but I don't need to run around telling everyone, oh my God, you have to do this. I can say, hey, I've tried this approach to nutrition. I feel the best I've ever felt. You might give it a try, but you know what? It might not work for you. And Mm -hmm. if it doesn't work for you, it doesn't mean it's not a great way of eating for me. It just means it's not the right one for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm constantly challenging myself with that kind of just expanding what I thought I believed and, you know, growing from there. Yeah. So what, like, okay, let's start to break down some of the different, it's so hard not to use the word diet, right? Mm-hmm. Because ways of eating. Yes. Yeah. Because that's even how like the, the book is titled, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but let's break down some different ways of eating. Yeah. And I want to start with, um, is it Andrew Price? What's Weston A. Weston, Price. Weston A. Yes. Price. Yeah, we talk about him a lot because he was an amazing kind of researcher. He made the world his lab, which I love. You know, he was a dentist based out of Cleveland, born in 1870. And what he did is he traveled around the world to different communities and studied their teeth and their health in general. And what he found was lifestyle factors significantly impact even the, the how you're teeth and mouth form and really like the teeth tell the tale and so today we have the Weston A. Price Foundation which has a mission of carrying on traditional uses of food and traditional preparations of food Um, what I what really sets them apart is they really care about like the quality of the food and then how it's prepared which makes it a little bit different than paleo right which doesn't actually talk about how um, you know we traditionally would prepare beans through soaking and that's to get rid of the phytic acid and the enzyme inhibitors and so our ancestors we've been around for hundreds millions of years so um they had this wisdom that they kept and they discarded what didn't work and they kept what was good what i love about it is that all these communities, although they've never met each other, they actually have the same principles and you can look up the Weston price principles. Some of them are that like, um, 
For example, all these cultures ate some sort of animal food. All these cultures ate some form of salt. All of them um, ate some sort of lacto-fermented vegetable. Um, They eat seasonal vegetables. You know, it depends on which kind based off where they're located. If you're like, you know, near the equator, you're perhaps going to eat a lot more tropical fruits. But um, yeah, so they have an emphasis on tradition. And they also, a big part of their mission is reinstating nutrient-dense foods for children. And that's huge Mm -hmm. because we have exchanged you know convenience for um health and that's when we punish you know it's easy but you kind of punish yourself in a little bit because you end up with um you know not treating your body the way it was intended and our ancestors knew that but we 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 just care about you know things being fast and easy and you know so we're not feeding our kids these nutrient dense diets that the westening price foundation kind of talks about um so yeah i i i think they have an amazing mission we we talk about them a lot because it's a very inclusive diet right like you can eat grains as long as it's properly prepared you can eat you know dairy as long as it's high quality um you can eat uh, you know, certain things as long as they are traditional ways of preparing them and um, on any resources on how to do it. They have amazing wealth of resources. If you're like confused about how long to soak beans, like they they have that all ready to go. Yeah. So it's pretty cool. I love that. And I think it's so wonderful that they're talking about actually the quality of the food, something I think all the time. Anytime I see a new study comes out, come out that's saying something like, Mm-hmm. you know eggs do this to you now now we know eggs do this or now we know um beef does this like the first thought that literally comes into my mind is this study cannot be sufficiently accurate unless mm-hmm. they're testing conventional eggs and mm-hmm. then like organic mm-hmm. whatever grass-fed mm-hmm. free-range right same thing like w- we need to do a full study of this on mm-hmm. conventional meat fed with corn and pesticides and hormones mm-hmm. and then do the exact same study mm-hmm. using beef that was grass-fed right pre- and you know, with those studies like they're comparing usually they're not isolating variables so if you're eating like meat and pasta and rice and bread and canola oil that might have a different outcome than someone eating like fish and sea you know like they're not isolating any variables and so and that's what's great about um wap i call it wap just easier but um western a price, Western price <laughs> is that Okay, a study does not take the place of critical thinking, mm-hmm. you know? And and then, like, at some point, you have all these studies. You're like, I don't know what to do. It's like, okay, you can just return to the ancient wisdom. Oh, and then one thing I want to add is, like, okay, they're immediate, because I want to share about criticisms of each of these ways of eating. Main thing is, like, okay, well, my ancestors didn't live very long. Why would I want to do what they did? And let's just address that right now. So oh, that's true. A lot of our ancestors, the problem was that they die a lot of, you know, they died during during childbirth so that, you know, if a child, because of hygiene, they wouldn't necessarily make it through the whole pregnancy. Um, And that skews a lot of the average data. So you have like a heavy, like, you know, infant mortality. Um, But in reality, if you lived until you're like 30 or 40, it was common to live until you're 80. In some communities, they even lived until they're 120. And so another issue is um, our ancestors had a famine. Like that was a main problem that we don't even encounter in modernity because food is ample. Um, But they were dying because of the opposite problem they didn't have enough food so famine was was huge and then warfare so that's what cut most of these people's lives short it wasn't that they were getting these crazy rates of diabetes and cancer that's not the case at all if you look at the actual you know history it's that um you know they were just living under totally different circumstances but when it comes to food we are an exquisite result of of hundreds of millions of years of evolution so there's certain food we're equipped to eat and um you know like canola oil it just has never been eaten ever so it makes sense that your body 
somebody's like, what is this? You know, just from like, forget all the study point, like common, like critical thinking is kind of what um, WAP talks about more than just like preaching all these studies and mm-hmm. stuff because you can find a study that'll do anything, you know? Yeah, 100%, right? And we also have to look at, right, who funded the study, mm-hmm. you know, some of the basics. Mm-hmm. Also, who were the participants of the study? Mm-hmm. Was it a group of you know 40 year old yeah. white males yeah I th- <laughs> or was it like a very eclectic group that represented a large population of people yeah I also think t- this like today it feels like everyone's like obsessed with research and like I said it's just it's not it shouldn't be used as a replacement for just using you know your your brain <laughs> yeah and also just what makes me feel good right yeah you know if exactly. this if yeah. this study says that whatever let's just say the keto diet is the best and mm-hmm. you try keto for a month and you feel horrible mm-hmm. then <laughs> listen to your body yeah. over that study I actually think personal anecdotes are incredibly powerful just because they have no agenda like I, right. I can share you, I'm not lying about my experience. You know, I really, I, I, I mean every word, you know, so it's, uh, personal anecdotes are actually incredibly valuable when it comes to nutrition science. Yeah. I think what, what is really hard for individuals is we become very dogmatic mm-hmm. about our way of eating mm-hmm. and like the way I really feel about it. And I'm so excited to read the Weston A. Price book and just mm-hmm. like dive into him more is mm-hmm. First of all, we're so bio-individual. What works for me might not work for you. That's okay. It's not negating the fact that it works for me. And secondly, what works for me right now in my mid-20s, in five years, my body might have shifted and I'm needing something else completely different. So when we get dogmatic about the way we're eating, then it actually, it's not benefiting us anymore if we get to a point where, okay, look, I've been, whatever it is, I, I'm I'm vegan, I've been vegan for this many years, but all of a sudden I'm starting to feel really sick, but no, no, I'm a vegan, I'm a vegan, mm-hmm. this is who I am. We limit ourselves, yeah. Yeah, and then when our body is shifting and needing something else, it can become really hard to be able to see that and actually give our body what it's needing. Yeah, we over we override our internal voice when we become so tribal about these things. Um it's so interesting yeah eating is so personal and it's so close to us and it's common to everyone in the world so it makes sense that we feel this intimacy with it and this sort of like strength and feelings towards it um but i'm in the position that i just you know i want to learn i i know that what i don't know and i want to learn as much as i can about all these fascinating things and there's just amazing researchers out there that we should be open to and just keep challenging ourselves yeah yeah Okay, so let's break down some of the other ones that yes. you're like you're like most familiar with. Yeah, so. so I think the next natural one that people kind of tend to is the ketogenic diet, which historically was used um, for many, many years to treat epilepsy. Um, so it's amazing solution for neurodegenerative diseases, um, and that you know prioritizes fat and restriction of carbs. Um, and so you have you do have to think like, well, if this restores brain function is this a natural way of eating? Is, is that, you know, it's an, it's an, it's an, it's a normal question to ask. And something I think about too, I was keto for a while and I can share why I'm not anymore. But, um, I think people do, you know, people that have had benefits of this and you can't discount that. It's, it's amazing. We all know the keto community is, is quite strong and growing. I have a theory that the reason the ketogenic diet works so well is because you're finally prioritizing nutrient dense foods. Mm. It's not actually about the carbs. It's about, you're finally letting yourself eat butter and, and right. And because you can't eat carbs, right. Kind of not so great nutrient wise. Yeah. So you're, you're no longer, you know, eating, um, rice all the time and you're finally eating these foods that are 
are just very nutrient dense. And so it makes you feel great and it makes you lose weight. Um, you know, some of the critics say that it's uh, not really a long term use because um, perhaps, you know, using fat as fuel is not really what our cells are designed to do. And I can kind of dive into some of the other oh ways gosh, of eating. But yeah, that's, I mean, we're all really familiar with the ketogenic diet. And I think if you have, it's been shown to really help with diabetes um, and all of these things are valid. Now, um, I was on it for a while and I started stalling kind of, um, and that's where people kind of go to the next step with <laughs> Dr. Raymond Pete, the one and only. I think this is like a natural progression of like experimenting, learning. If you're kind of outside the box. Like, <laughs> okay, wait, but what do you mean you were stalling? Like, like physical wise, yeah, health wise, you started um, to feel like bad. weight loss wise. Kind. Oh, okay. I mean, not that like I, um, I'm ever really trying to lose weight, but like kind of just like I see a good weight for myself. Um, and you know, fat is very caloric dense. That that is a fact. You know, it's very caloric dense. So, um, some people do have some sort like some issues literally losing weight long term with it um along with some people think that the high fat intake can contribute to insulin resistance long term Mm -hmm. so some people you know really like it cyclical and i think there could be a lot of benefits from doing like a cyclical ketogenic um like i said like this is a common solution to neurogenerative diseases and that's um, it, so I think it's natural to think this has benefits outside of just epilepsy, you know, like if you for Alzheimer's and, um, you know, are just, you know, a, a normal person. It's like, OK, if this is restoring brain function. This might have benefits otherwise. But I can go ahead and share why I'm yeah. <laughs> kind of in a different camp right now. So Dr. Raymond P is the one and only he's <laughs> amazing researcher. He's 85 years old. He's devoted his entire life to treating women's health and doing research um, specifically on women's health. He's amazing. He's also the kindest man on the earth. Sometimes I will email him questions. Um, I can tell you what I've asked him. It's oh <laughs> the sweetest thing. He's so cute. He does a ton of podcasts and interviews. Um, he doesn't have an actual diet. He has a way of thinking. In fact, like on his repeat form, it says perceive, think, act. So he's not pushing any agenda. He doesn't even have like an outline of food and diets. It's more of a way of thinking about life in general. He's 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 perhaps the smartest man on planet Earth, but definitely the smartest man on hormones. Mm. Um, he is uh, an expert on women's hormones, which is just it's beautiful what he's done. He's pioneered progesterone and estrogen and menopausal sort of um, conditions. Um, so he has what people have parsed out from interviews and his work, these foods. And what's kind of special about Dr. P is he does not believe sugar is bad. And, you know, it's kind of funny because like we have all been told fat was bad. And now we're like, wait, no, fat's good. And it makes sense that maybe sugar is probably not that bad. And so (laughs) his kind of, um, his entire way of eating is based off of um, cell metabolism, cell energy, and the right kind of, you know, this, it's called very a pro-metabolic diet. And that's to, it's also based off of um, you want to eat for your hormones and for aging and for longevity. And part of that is testing your temperature and your uh, pulse rate. And so it's this whole ecosystem. It's not, it's not, it's not just 
you know, eat these foods and live great. It's like an, an entire world. Yeah, it's a lifestyle. Right. And um, his work is so expansive and genius that it also also makes it not very accessible because it's very mm. complicated. Okay. <laughs> and um, but yeah, so part of the foods he recommends is like orange juice, tropical fruits, along with good protein. But it's a little bit lower on the fat side. And he also, you know, he that's obvious, you know, fruit, it's carbs. So his mindset you know this is my interpretation of his mindset is that carbs are actually a great fuel source and the reason you crave sugar is completely natural and it's because you your, your body wants it so the second you start depriving it of all what it wants it's stressing out the cell and so his whole mindset is that you want sort of an obsession with decreasing stress he even talks about the right way to exercise because mm. exercise is stress um so i i've i was like you know i want to kind of i have low thyroid um, I just want to experiment. And so I've been doing Dr. Ray Pete things like fully committing. It's also very dairy heavy and that's oh, wow, because okay. of the calcium and a few other, you know, minerals and dairy. Um, I have no problem tolerating dairy. So I was all game. And then I drink like a lot of raw goat milk. And then, um, I started drinking a lot more orange juice and eating a lot more fruit. He also is a fan of vegetables, um, cooked vegetables specifically, like mm-hmm. very cooked ones. And yeah, like good proteins and certain fishes only certain fish fishes and the thing about dr ray p is he pioneered the avoidance of pufa which we've all heard now of like industrial seed oils mm-hmm. but he takes it further he says you know so pufa is in most foods but in different quantities um so especially in fat you know pufa exists in there and that's why he's, his diet's a little bit lower in fat um but basically pufa can be incredibly immunosuppressive and it's even you know thought to contribute to cancer um and he has all the research to back it up so he is big on never ever ever eating very much PUFA and can you is that an acronym like oh sorry yes polyunsaturated fats yes there's monounsaturated there's polyunsaturated and then there's saturated fat um and so these are all in different quantities in food your cells um are made out of saturated fat and so um yeah so he's very hardcore no omega-6 but no also omega-3s but PUFA is in avocado and fish. And so you're thinking, whoa, aren't those mm. the right, you know, aren't, those are health foods. Yeah. He, is in the, he has in the camp of um, no, any sort of PUFA is, um, could be detrimental, including nuts. And so I, I cut out nuts like three years ago. Um, I don't tolerate them at all. I used to be like a nut fiend. So <laughs> yeah, I was like, I was like all over in nuts and I don't eat them anymore and I feel great. So um yeah, so I've been doing that for the last three months, and it's it's really target. Who would be right for that diet is um, perhaps a woman with like thyroid issues, a woman that is you know doesn't want to wants to continue eating fruit and doesn't want to. What what kind of all these diets led me help with is like okay, what we thought saturated fat was bad, now I'm free from that that thought process. We thought sugar is bad. Now I'm free from that thought process. And so I'm kind of, I'm a very free eater person. And every meal is, is just what I never eat something I don't want to eat. And mm. I, I, I never force myself to eat it. An animal and wild, he knows exactly what Steve wants to eat. You know, an aunt, you know, a, a mama cub, she's not forcing the cub to do anything. He knows he's jumping on the zebra, you know, yeah. <laughs> he's eating it. So I, and we are animals, yeah. so I don't eat anything I do not eat. And, and that's Dr. Pete's thing. He's like, I, I don't have a diet because I want you to love of your food mm. uh, he didn't say that exactly but I think there's like a quote that he kind of yeah. suggests that like I guess you can call it a diet if you love your food he has a lot of bizarre interesting things that anyone could um 
you don't find does he have a book or something oh yeah yeah yeah. okay so i'll make sure i find it and link it it's um i will i have the the pdf to the book but it retails for like four hundred dollars oh my gosh yeah 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 this is he's legendary oh my gosh wow he's pretty legendary so okay well a couple things i want to point out first and foremost right is again coming back to this idea of quality Mm -hmm. doesn't matter if it's keto doesn't matter if it's gluten-free if it's vegan if you're eating pesticide-filled foods, Mm -hmm. conventional stuff, packaged stuff in all of those diets, which there are. There's ketogenic bars now and Mm -hmm. ketogenic Mm -hmm. cereal. Mm -hmm. Like, again, we can kind of intuitively go... That's what I was going to say about, too, about the keto diet. It's like, I... I did that, too. It's like, oh, I'm going to eat all the fat snacks and the ice cream and stuff that has, like, all the fake stuff, and that is not real food. Yeah. Like, you're just better off eating honey and milk. Those are normal, like, naturally occurring foods. But then when you get into all the, like, keto bars and stuff, like, that stuff is not... I don't think... Personally, I don't think that's optimal way of eating. No. And it's definitely easier, but... Um, the other point that I wanted to make is with the sugar specifically is I think it's like we were talking about how fat became this demon and Mm -hmm. then we started making all these fat free foods, Mm -hmm. which were filled with just tons of other horrible stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. And we're definitely in that phase now of sugar is bad. Okay. Mm -hmm. Let's have all these sugar free foods. Every single diet is anti-sugar. And that's what I love about Dr. P. He's not (laughs) being contrarian for the point of being contrarian. He's saying, no, look, this isn't actually, not everything's what you think it is, you know? Yeah. But he's also not saying, by the way, go eat a bunch of candy, right? He's saying, yeah, the, the world, nature, evolution has given us a plethora of fruits and plants that have sugars in them. Like there's a reason for that. Yeah. He is. Yeah. It's just, it's a, fascinating work on why sugar is actually like a stress reliever um you know when you get really stressed out he uh, the first thing you kind of want is sugar and he's like that's because it's a stress reliever mm-hmm. and you shouldn't you should not deny yourself and then another fascinating thing is that when women have hot flashes giving them sugar has been shown to diminish them as sort mm-hmm. of another stress reliever and so maybe we could think of sugar as more or less of like a sort of medicine for ourselves rather than something that we should avoid all the time yeah I don't know I've been drinking orange juice all the time now and I feel great (laughs) so well and again like it comes back to and the point that I really want to stress is first of all I do think many of us right have sugar cravings but I think a lot of that is yes we're stressed but also we are eating so much more sugar than we've ever eaten in our in the history of the world everything i don't think that's true actually i think sugar consumption's gone down no well okay maybe i don't know maybe in like the last few years but i know compared to like 50 100 years ago our sugar consumption is way up but the point there is it's all the wrong sugars like our fruit consumption has not gone up no our candy our processed ketchups that's what's gone up yeah i think well so a lot i think what all these diets um ways of eating argue is that the main thing that's gone up is the use of industrial seed oils Mm. and that's a huge contributor to diabetes and weight gain and so it's paired with carbs refined starch um usually like when you think about goldfish i think i i I don't know i'm assuming they have some soybean oil or something in it i'm not totally sure the ingredients i don't know why i'm picking on goldfish i know (laughs) goldfish (laughs) well because i think it's just one of those things that like like, the tip top like yeah um, it's always in in typical families but it's so much easier to i mean it's it's the same amount of effort to give a child like raw cheese 
than it is goldfish. So yeah. that's why I'm picking on them. Yeah. But um, <laughs> yeah, so the the PUFA, you know, the industrial seed oil combined with the refined starch is what a, most all these ways of eating have in common is is kind of evil. You know, it's very sinister, and that's because you know, we've made it cheaper, these processed foods and, you know, subsidized all of these yeah. sort of oils that are a huge detriment to our health. And so Dr. Ray Pete's argument is even that, you know, diabetes is caused by a combination of cortisol issues. You're having high cortisol, which increases your blood sugar, possibly plus the consumption of these polyunsaturated mm, fats. Yeah. That's causing the issue. Well, and what I'll say quickly, just from my own experience is like all the synthetic sugars like particularly the high fructose corn syrup, corn syrup, the fake sugars, the fake dyes, Mm -hmm. that stuff literally hijacks my brain. Mm -hmm. If I eat that and I avoid it like the plague now, but if I eat it, I will be craving sugar like I am a cocaine addict. Really? And not like fruit. Like I am Mm -hmm. literally craving, I want to go stuff my face with Sour Patch Kids. Mm -hmm. And so I see that now because I've avoided it for so long. But when I, when you put it in this context i go yeah like when i eat fruits i don't become a sugar addict where i'm suddenly like trying to stuff my face with sugar so there is such a difference yeah i i don't eat any i haven't eaten candy in forever like maybe five or ten years but i think that goes to uh, i will eat like a lot of sugar you know in other forms that are like honey and fruit um dr pete actually likes cane sugar um because it's he believes it's good for the cells but um what i was gonna say is that the healthier you become the less you want to be unhealthy and i think today that's interpreted as toxic a little Mm. bit like you're you're perpetuating a diet culture and it's like i didn't even consider that i just the healthier you become, the less you want to hurt yourself, Yeah, you know, with like, you know, candy corn or something like that. Um, that's kind of been my experience. It's yeah. like the better I feel, the more I don't want to interrupt that. I'm like, I value so much more now than, um, I don't know. But when you're in a cycle of hurting yourself, you're more sensitive to that. And ultimately, like, I want to be really sort of resilient. <laughs> well, and I, there is a very big difference, at least in my mind, between... Um, you know, whatever it is. For example, I'm doing a low sugar diet because I want to lose weight. I'm denying Mm -hmm. myself. I'd really love to eat that piece of fruit, but I'm not. Versus um, I eat a whole food, plant-based, organic diet because I feel amazing. And I'm not not eating that piece of conventional pizza because like, oh, I'm craving it so bad and I need to deny myself Mm -hmm. and deny my feelings. Mm -hmm. No, I'm not eating that because actually I know what that's going to do to my body. Mm Mm-hmm. And so it's, in my mind, it's an act of love, actually, mm-hmm. and self-care. It's powerful. Yeah, mm-hmm. 100%. Mm-hmm. No, totally. Discipline is power. And I, you know, even saying discipline is like, that's not even what I mean. You know, I'm not like having discipline, but you know, like just not wanting to eat it is is powerful um, in itself, I guess. And as you start to get rid of a lot of that processed stuff, you don't even want it. Like you mm-hmm. really, the types of cravings that you had before for all that processed stuff really starts to fade away. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. You kind of just get into a groove. Like now I go to the grocery store. It's I only buy simple. Like I, I think we can just simplify. It can't go wrong with just like roast the meat, cook the veg, seasonal vegetables, eat the fruit and honey. It's like so simple and basic. You know, go outside, <laughs> go, go in the sun, go work out. Bit done. You're yeah. good. You well, know? you know what I've been leaning towards lately is 
like I look at um you got me hooked on the ballerina farmer yeah yeah um and you guys will have to check her out too but I mean basically like she's a farmer in the middle of Utah mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. like she'll show her dinners and it's just like you know some fresh vegetables from their garden and some meat yeah it's so simple yeah. And nowadays, like all of these recipes, even if they're wonderful, beautiful, organic recipes, whole food, there's like 500 ingredients. There's like bell peppers and this and yeah, this and this and this. That would this. never occur in nature. A chopped salad, it just doesn't exist. Like, right? I'm sorry, people. Like, it doesn't. <laughs> right? I'm, I'm pretty anti-salad because I think the leaves are um, inflammatory. But yeah, just keep it simple. <laughs> <laughs> right. And so, like, I'm really feeling that pull because mm-hmm. I get overwhelmed. Like, oh mm-hmm. my gosh, I have to find a recipe. Um, why are there so many ingredients mm-hmm. in this mm-hmm. once it's all cooked you can't even taste them all anyways yeah um and wanting to just go like today i'm gonna go to the market i'm gonna buy a bushel of whatever broccolini and um maybe a slab of fish and mm-hmm. that's my dinner mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and like it's so simple it's so satisfying but yeah that's really like where i'm leaning towards yeah right now, what my body's craving. i love ballerina farm she's she drinks a lot of raw milk too because they have cows oh, yeah. and everything those kids are eating good like I, oh my gosh they they are so happy and cute i love i love them they do such a cute job of uh showing like a traditional that's very wap style too is this the yeah. proper they do a lot of sourdough and properly prepared things and kind of the ancient wisdom of growing up on a farm it's 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 tough because um you know the processed food is is where the money's at um it's easily transported it requires just a monocrop so uh, you just have a one long you know soybean and it, it doesn't perish and so it goes on the truck and it's not worrying about going bad and then um yeah it's subs- you you put a bunch of oil in the in the cookie like that's subsidized by the government canola or soybean and so you have this like tiny cheap product it's just it's completely dead and deprived of what your cells want and make no mistake like nutrient deficiencies are directly connected to cancer because you're you're stressing the cell when it doesn't get the nutrients Mm -hmm. and so and cancer is basically a very stressed out cell it's not it doesn't have the proper environment to thrive and so if you let it thrive it'll be fine but you have to know the tools and so a lot of i think a lot of the you know ways of eating um they can uh that are popular now just they're not even thinking about the mechanisms behind depriving your body and depriving your body of nutrients and your cells of nutrients and so the most important thing is that you nourish and that's with nutrient-dense foods and so ballerina farm reminds us that um you know a regenerative farm like that like a full service farm um is not only um a better way of eating but you know it it, it's it's harder she she, you know she shows these the the troubles of working on a farm and stuff and you have a team of ranchers and you also have vets to keep the cows and all the animals healthy and then the the meat itself perishes it's very expensive product oh yeah so it's it's just a lot um that's why it's not sold to you as healthy because um there's no profit in it really yeah so yeah which is why, like, I'm really starting to feel even more and more. I think, too, especially, like, when you become a business owner, you're like, oh, my God, this is fucking hard, and I want to help other people doing it. Uh-huh. But you want to go, it's so hard. You see, especially following that specific person on Instagram, the ballerina farmer, is um, you see how hard it is. And mm-hmm. I go, wow, I love this. I mm-hmm. want this product, and I want to help you keep going with this. Mm-hmm. And it makes you want to stop supporting these big, massive mm-hmm. industrial mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And have like a certain gratitude for your food. Like I, I've been taking a lot more time and 
you know, welcoming the food into my body. Like, welcome, join me in my, <laughs> in my, uh, you know, my mission in my life. Um, and I think just having like some connection to food is just so completely lost because we're, we're so far from it. And that's why even probably these, these diets kind of arise, whether it's detaching ourselves further from the farm with like a vegan diet or getting, trying to get closer to the farm with like a Weston A price. So you kind of like find what resonates. Like for me, that's always been a big, like I've always been a big into like the farmer's markets and supporting ranchers and everything and regenerative farming. It's always been a passion of mine. So I guess that's why I resonate towards more Weston A price or a Ray P um, kind of thing. And on that note, a lot of people think that Dr. Ray Pete sort of eating is a spinoff of WAP for modern times because mm. we are filled with like a lot of stressors in, yeah. in modernity. So he's like obsessed with decreasing stress. And so there's a lot of mechanisms that you wouldn't even think about, like, you know, consuming sugar that can kind of decrease yeah. the stress. So um, it's just also something to think about because we don't have the same lives of our ancestors. I, I, I agree with that. Um, it's just about kind of taking the wisdom and fitting it into your life so that you can be healthy in your food and not confused anymore. Like the greatest disservice to mankind was just making all of this confusing. And I'm glad we pointed out, like, just keep it simple if you're lost, if any of this, if you're lost with the research, if you're lost with what to eat, you really can't go wrong with eating what has been around for millions of years and keeping it really, really simple confused at all yeah I think you know even this conversation could potentially leave people like mm-hmm. oh wow okay here's yeah, a I'm couple more, more things yeah. I need to go yeah. research but mm-hmm. I think like if there's any moral to this conversation I want it to be one give yourself the freedom to experiment mm-hmm. if you're if you feel like you've been really dogmatic recently with your nutrition give yourself the freedom and you're not feeling well give yourself the freedom to try something else mm-hmm. but also like the foundation of the quality, right? Mm-hmm. If you're, again, mm-hmm. if you're eating, you're deciding to try keto, you're deciting to try Weston A. Price, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. you're not eating organic foods, you're mm-hmm. still shopping all those really toxic foods, like there there are sort of a hierarchy here. And so mm-hmm. I would say like, if you're going to start anywhere, keep doing what you're doing now, but just start to switch over to organic totally whole foods, you know? Yeah. A lot of people end up there too, of just like, okay, I'm back to just eating normal, really high quality food. And <laughs> yeah. like a lot of people will go through it all and kind of just end up there. Yeah which makes sense you know it's just you know it's also our food that we eat is incredibly ingrained into what we've been doing for the past you know what we grew up doing and stuff so taking all of that it's going to be you know different for everyone kind of what they what they what resonates with them what works and we really are so overtaxed I'd say especially here in America of other most countries we are pushed to the limits Mm -hmm. stress-wise and so I do think so many of us are looking for the diet that is really just a parameters that we can put our eating on cruise control. Mm-hmm. I'm so taxed. I can't think about what I'm going to eat. Just give me some rules that I can follow mm-hmm. day in and day out. And again, it becomes a bit of a disservice because then we're not eating intuitively. We're not enjoying the food that we're eating. We're not sitting down to really experience the meal. But then also, again, like maybe the WAP diet is perfect for you right now, but mm-hmm. As soon as you go on cruise control, there might come a time where 10 years from now, it's not serving you anymore. And we need to be able to kind of see that, feel that, and pivot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In the words of Dr. Ray Pete, perceive, think, act. (laughs) Boom. Mic drop done. (laughs) 